get ready to strap in for another exciting episode of No Driving Gloves, where Derek, John, and Will will use over 75 years combined industry knowledge to bring you a bare-knuckled review on the collector car hobby. Let's get rolling. Time again for No Driving Gloves. You have Will, Derek, and John with you tonight, today, whatever time of the day you're listening to the podcast. How's your week's been going, guys? Well, I actually had a pretty good week this week, so uh, so far, finally uh, have both of the positions filled in the shop that I've been, you know, trying to do for the last couple of months. So, so we're only going to get a car want or need this week. We're not going to get a car want and a, a help wanted ad this week, that's, right? That, that's right. Still looking for a 56 Ford, so... You know, uh, got it out of the way early tonight. That's right. <laughs> Preferably a uh, a post car, so that's you know solid, rust free, original paint. It'd be nice, you know. Willing to pay what you know what it's worth. Not looking for some super smoking deal. So, but deals are accepted. Oh yeah, deals deals are definitely accepted. So, um, but yeah. Been uh, working late nights in our new storage warehouse, building shelving and trying to get everything kind of moved over there and placed and totally reorganizing the office for Levi, our new office guy. So been uh, been pretty busy. And what's up with you, the big D? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, had a good week. Um looking for any reasonably priced brass era car that could be fun to drive around on brass and gas tours. Uh, th- this is the want ad hour, right? Okay, good. Yep, that's right. Uh, so we'll just go, we'll just get going with this. I'm, I'm so whatever you got that. out there, if you, if you got a, a horseless carriage, something early laying in the barn, uh, let me know. Uh, I'd be happy to, to come out and take a look and, and maybe acquire it for my own collection. Uh, no, things are going good. Having a good week. Uh, it's starting to warm up again in the uh, Bowling Green area, so hopefully be getting out back out into the garage pretty soon and working on some of the projects, especially with that new engine that I got in last week. Going to start looking at what I can do with the Falcon in the next year or so. Uh, pretty boring week for me. Uh, can't think of much that I have been up to car-wise. A little bit of stuff at work and um, kind of, no, I don't need anything. I don't have anything on my wants list. Uh, I'm not hiring anybody. No, I'll be the boring one on that topic. But you guys are talking about acquiring uh, some some new vehicles. Uh, I think Will's probably more f- acquiring one for somebody else, and Derek's his personal needs. And it's all about uh, me. You know, I I just re- it is it is that's why we you know we have this podcast, and you said, hey guys, let's do a podcast. It's all about me. Uh, but and then of course I I recently got m- my new one, and it got us thinking, and we were talking. What's when we get a car? You know, all of us really can't leave a car stock or. <clears throat> normal <clears throat> other than Mr. Originality who who was crying today when Will sent a picture of a Packard when jokingly maybe said we're going to cut this uh, <laughs> cut this one up <laughs> you don't joke about pre-war Packards becoming hot rods okay 
you, you, you cause yeah, you just people do, to have medical issues. You, uh, no, you, you don't joke about it. You just no, do it. I was going to say, Will, Will wasn't joking. He was dead serious. <laughs> if it, Seriously, if somebody did bring me that car and wanted to be, make a hot rod out of it, I'd do it in a heartbeat. And we would no longer be friends. <clears throat> well, that just lets everybody know Will can be bought for $48 an hour. <laughs> I don't don't get me wrong. I wouldn't I would not cut it up where it couldn't be put back. You know, I've done that before on some pretty rare cars and just made it so <clears throat> the made the car more drivable at, you know, higher speeds and going down the interstate and taking tours across country and stuff like that and you know, pretty much it was all bolt-on type stuff. So we kept all the original parts. And then if you wanted to put it back, you know, original, you can. So um, there's actually a guy up here in, in, in North Alabama that builds Corvette chassis. And, you know, you set your Corvette down on one of his chassis. You don't have to modify the floor pan. Um, you can update a lot of things without cutting anything on the car. So you leave your original chassis alone. And if, you know, you decide to get ready to sell it and um, it's worth more original, then you put it back original. Um, but with uh, with watching Barrett Jackson last week, um, the quote, resto mod Corvettes were uh, pretty, pretty high. <laughs> resto mods have all of a sudden in the last year or two become kind of acceptable. For years, you know, you'd put... 150 175 into a say a 67 mustang to put it back on the road and you know update a modern drivetrain and you'd be able to sell it at barrett jackson for instance for 35 grand and now you can almost put the money into them and get all your money back if not a little bit more it's kind of uh interesting how the market's changed i don't know if i guess even i've changed is i don't want to work on them anymore i want to get in them on a saturday morning start them and drive them and I, it makes me very pro resto mod, and I guess maybe some other people are figuring out that we want fuel injection and, you know, get in them on a Saturday morning and drive them and not be like Derek and crank start them and fiddle with the throttle and fiddle with the ignition timing and the primer cups and, you know, feeding the horses. And sorry, so <laughs> sorry, I actually like the experience of driving, not just getting in a car and letting it do all the work for me. I like the experience of driving. I don't like the half-hour starting procedure. Hey, every car I own, at least right now, <clears throat> has a starter on it. I don't have to hand crank them. Okay. I may choose to do that. Unless your six-volt battery goes dead. There's no nothing wrong with a six-volt battery. <laughs> Yeah. Chug, chug, chug. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't think of anything good about a six volt battery. Hey, there's more. There's more positive things come from a nine volt battery than a six volt battery. No, there's there's only one positive thing and one negative thing on every battery. Terminal. 
And plus, so what? I'm I'm 35 going on 86, but I have fun, okay? Speaking oh, of which, next man. week uh, next week's my birthday. What'd you guys get me? I can't tell you yet. Twice as much as I got you last year. Awesome. Hey, give me that. Give me that Packard, Will. Wow. <laughs> Will's gonna send it to you like the mafia, one piece <laughs> at a time. That's right. Every piece he cuts off of it. Be like Johnny Cash. <laughs> oh man, no! I just just to let everybody know, we are not cutting up a pre-war packer. All right, John, you gonna get us back on track here? Uh, I'm not even sure I can still see the railroad, <laughs> but <laughs> but let let's let's go to the challenging one, Mister. Keep it stock. Um, when you acquire a car, and yeah, we'll we'll rib you about keeping things stock and everything, but obviously you're diverse in your years, you know, from your modern, more modern pickup that's been built within at least the last 15 years to the Falcon and all the way back to your teens era, 20s era cars. What's a modification that you like to do? And this, you know, we don't have to say it's for cosmetic purposes or, you know, just... What's a modification you think every you know every car? It's something you do to begin with right away on anything you get. Or what's your favorite modification to do to a car or seen done to a car? <laughs> well, I'll say the one thing that I have not done to my truck yet, but I keep threatening to do. Um, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but basically, I guess I'm just lazy or something. I don't know. But in my opinion, with any truck four-wheel drive truck let's say i have a 2010 f-150 four-wheel drive i they come out of factory and i I get it the nose sits a little lower Uh, you know you get all the engineering that goes into it to make it the way it needs to be to do what they need it to do but i'm i'm a big fan of leveling kits and just a little bit bigger tire on on trucks. Um, as I say, I haven't done it to mine yet, but it will be one of these days or when I get my next truck, it's going to happen. Um, I guess I've just spent too much time focused on the other cars that I haven't put it into it, but that is one place where I desperately every day I look at the truck and, and park next to one in a parking lot that someone's got a leveling kit in, I'm depressed because I haven't done it to mine yet. So that's that's one place where I will move away from the stock setup and go into doing a mo- modification. And for me, I mean, it does give you a little more ground clearance in the front end for, you know, a little bit of off-road use. But to me, it's more of a, a style and look that it in, in, enhances on the truck. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you about doing a leveling kit because when I hear a leveling kit, I, I, you know, I partial the two wheel drive kind of lowered vehicles, and I was thinking doing, you know, do a two inch drop in the back, but you're actually thinking like a two inch 
lift in the front in order to level it, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the leveling leveling kits for your four wheel drive trucks bring the front end up to the level of the back and give it that, in my opinion, more aggressive, taller stance. Um, it just to me makes it look better. I mean, I why why you'd lower a four wheel drive truck? I don't know. I mean, people are just that's just ridiculous. Well, well, we'll leave that private fantasy in my head. I'm already catching enough flack about the pink Lamborghini Espada I wanted this week. So, I could see lowering a four wheel drive truck. Of course, you. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe an all wheel drive truck. Let's say uh, I can't remember exactly what years they made them, but. I think it was in the early 2000s, maybe mid 2000s. Uh, Chevrolet made a uh, SS pickup truck, which was all-wheel drive, more of a you know sports car oriented pickup truck. It uh, was so- che- Chevy's answer to the the Lightning at the time. Okay, yeah, there you go. Very very poor uh, response to the Lightning, it, but it, it was. I mean, you you could beef them up pretty good because they did have six liters in them. Um, but you know, something like that, I could definitely see lowering, um, you know, as far as an old school, just four wheel drive truck, you know, I I would be more for raising the front up. Um, but there is some instances where, uh, four wheel drive trucks could be lowered for a more performance oriented handling type situations. I just find when you start lowering four-wheel drives, because, you know, that that's not something most people do, getting in to re-engineer all the drive shaft angles and pinion angles and uh, U-joints and that, and it just seems just like a constant nightmare. Yeah, you could lower it, might look better, might, might quote, handle better, but I, what I've learned over the years is the, the maintenance nightmare and the upkeep of, of that would just just buy the two wheel drive to begin with and <laughs> I say that's kind of one of the first things I, I like to consider doing to vehicles I own, but after doing it for many years and now the fact that most everything I have is brand new and I like to keep the warranties and stuff, I, I kind of avoid it. But, you know, do do just a simple inch, inch and a half drop to, to something just to get that tire clearance and uh, f- tire to wheel cl- or f- tire to fender clearance a little bit tighter. And I've kind of on the uh, SHO been looking at the uh, HKS uh, spring kit that they offer for it. Don't need to swap out shocks or anything. It's just basically, you know, swap the springs out, get an alignment and uh, have a car that sits a little bit lower, might not handle much better, but you know, it just gives it that, slight look you know i'm not after you know radically tucking the tires and you know putting the wheels at 40 degrees of camber and you know riding on the sidewalls and stuff but just think you know lowering lowering it a little bit whether it be a truck or a car or if i would have bought a new f-150 this time part of my list was to maybe do a 2-4 drop to it nothing radical but something that you know just like I say, the big thing is, is, and I think most of us being car guys hate that fender to tire, you know, air gap that everything has that if I understand why it's yeah, there. Yeah, trucks, but. it's never, never quite enough. It needs to be 
much more open between the tire and the fenders. Got to get that clearance for the big tires. And got to tighten up. You get three fingers in there. That that that's plenty. And if you can get you get it down to two, it's even better. The fender well should be where the lug nuts are. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, if, you know, if, if your tire's not rubbing the inside of your hood, that's right. If you go early enough, who even needs fenders? Okay. <laughs> there you go. I'm with you there too. My 1916 Overland is not going to have fenders. It's going to be a race car. Uh, fenders are for fenders on early cars are for hanging up in your shop and looking at. You turn them upside down and use them as sleds if you live somewhere it's snowed. True. Some True. of them you'd probably flip over and use as a bathtub if you need to. Uh, some of them you probably use as a canoe. They they have holes in them usually for the headlights. Yeah, not if you go early enough. But, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, we haven't let Will talk, but I doubt he has anything that he does to cars to modify them. Well, I I was gonna kind of qualify the question a little bit for Will, and um, and it's, that's he can't even qualify it because I've seen some of the stuff he drives on the street. <laughs> what what do you think would be one of the two modifications that you would need to do to say your wife's car? My wife's car. That's um hmm. First, what does your wife drive? Minivan. Might as well be a minivan. It is a, a, a front-wheel drive SUV, so it might as well be a minivan, right? Um, in the particular one that she has right now, it would look pretty cool if it was lowered a little bit. Um, it does have 19-inch wheels, so it's kind of got a little bit of an aggressive look to it anyway. Um, but I'm going to say it really needs some sort of media device in it like uh a television for the kids um something to kind of occupy them a little bit more um of course my oldest my oldest daughter has a cell phone so that's just completely she's encapsulated by the thing no so, no uh, but my youngest wait daughter, a second wait go, a second wait uh, a second here because we're talking modifications not accessories Media players, stuff, that, that that falls under accessories. No, it don't. You're still modifying the thing. Well, my question was going to be, on said SUV, was uh, DVD player, headrest TVs, etc., a checkbox on the option list that you skipped over? Well, yeah, you know, because I'm kind of tight on some things. All right, well, hmm. So since y'all are throwing that one out, um, overrode on that, and I was going to say my my old front wheel drive SUV came with twenty twos, and I know we've kind of taught our wheels and tires right off, but I'm going to be honest. I think Ford's doing a really nice job. If you buy in the higher end of their car lines, and you know, if you, I had an Edge Sport, so it came with these five spoke twenty twos that went really well with the vehicle. And oh, no offense to anybody out there, but you buy an 
Edge SEL, they come some really crappy 17-inch steel wheels with wheel covers. That one could stand <laughs> wheel and tire upgrade. I didn't think the 22s on the uh, Sport required that, but the new Sport only comes on 20s because one of the problems Ford found is people hated buying replacement 22-inch tires because there's no such thing as a cheap 22-inch tire. So Yeah, there's no cheap 19s either. Mm. Um, 19s are a little better than a 22. Not much. No, not I, much. Say the Taurus is on 20s, so. Yeah. Well, I would I would I guess I would have to say that it it would need to be lowered a little bit. Um not much, a couple of inches uh for her cuz she would be dragging the bumper off of it. Um but it would it would look a lot better if it were lowered a little bit. Just like you said, get that get that air gap out from the uh you know, fender well lip and uh, and tire get it get it down a little bit lower. So, so amazingly, we went into this topic thinking we disagree, and then all three of us agree that we need to adjust ourselves for about two inches or so. It's usually the case. No, not adjust <laughs> ourselves two inches. Adjust the vehicle two inches. <laughs> yeah, but see. The funny thing is here is you guys want two inches less. You know. Wait. This isn't good for me. Come on. <laughs> you need two inches more. Keep digging your hole, Eric. <laughs> you, you're going to need them extra two inches to get out of that hole. Uh, that that not worked out the way I planned on it working out. Wait a minute. What? What's your last name? <laughs> I was already thinking into the way of spinning that for you, but thank you for uh, taking that down a completely wrong road. But now let's go ahead. What What's the next thing that you really think a car or your truck or something needs modified? Are we still on, on late model uh, junk cars from the modern era? Yeah. You can discuss anything you want. Oh, okay. Um, Actually, I thought of one that uh, I tend to do to vehicles. I don't know if you guys are going to count it as a modification or just, like I say, an accessory, but... It's an accessory. I figured as much. A a motometer is an accessory. (laughs) No, no, I I prefer on modern vehicles a deeper tinted window. Uh, I'm not not a fan of clear glass windows, you know, uh, just I think cars look better when you can't really see into them that much. Damn you. That was going to be my other one, because I, this uh, I've always liked the, uh, the the tinted windows. It's been a couple of cars since I've had them and the, uh, this Taurus came black and I wanted the, the edge was black never did spend the money to tint the driver's windows but the Taurus has them and it just makes the car look so much better i know there's some practicality and sun and stuff being in alabama but i'll give you tinted windows that was the only and that was a that was i would say an accessory because there was a dealer add-on on the sticker but yeah and i mean most most cars do come with some choices on that sometimes 
the factory tint level, especially depending on where the car is being sold. So I didn't, you know, it, it could be an accessory. Now, if we do go to pre-war early cars, you know, I tend to restore things back to stock. A lot of times my 17 Overland's headed for being a, you know, original stock car, the Peerless, same thing. But with the 16 Overland, I bought that with the intention of completely modifying that car into a period race car, Speedster. So what was left of the touring car body gone off of it, you bare chassis, fenders gone. It's going to have two little bucket seats, big, you know, I've got a big gas tank for the back barrel style gas tank, and it's going to be a bare bones, lightweight, just period built race car that I'm just going to be able to bomb around on the back roads and, and have a blast in. So when I get back into that era, I think if I'm going to modify something, it's going to be a more major modification of a car that is not in a condition to restore back to its original appearance. So yeah, like I say with the 16, I pulled it out of a cornfield. There was no wood left in the body. Most of the sheet metal was rusted through. I really got it for the chassis and the engine and, and the, you know, whole drive line axles and everything like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is to kind of update the listeners that have joined us since you really last talked about the car, but you covered that. That I was also going to kind of probe the question and that being such a stickler for originality and stuff, but you're obviously building this period correct to look like a car that would have been built in 16 or 17 to be a race car. So you're sticking to the period and modifying with period accessories or uh, replica period accessories. What, what will you do with any of the actual usable parts that maybe come off the car if there's a piece of the door or even, you know, if there's no wood in the body, but there's still the skins, will you try to sell those? Will you store those carefully or will they be recycled if there's, you know, a degree of salvageability out of them? Because we have had that conversation when it comes to cars that, you know, sometimes the car's not worth saving, but it's worth keeping around to use its parts to be a donor to other cars. Would any of that, you know, how, how does that play out to you? Will you hoard those parts for the future and potential future projects? Will you sell them off or do you feel everything you're going to eliminate is um, pretty much garbage anyway. Uh, funny thing is actually some of the usable parts that I'm not going to use have already been uh, moved on to another uh, a friend's project Overland that he has. So uh, it has been uh, recycled in some way or, you know, parts have gone to other cars already. And I'm actually considering the idea of, uh, depending on what condition some of the sheet metal is in, actually trying to utilize some of the sheet metal from the body in the building of maybe the seats or, you know, other pieces and panels that might get sheet metal on them to 
you know, reuse what metal is there that's good and not just throw it away or have it go to, you know, scrapyard or anything like that, but use the original metal off the car kind of as a nod to its history and, and what it's been through. Kind of, I guess it makes sense. That's what they would have done in the day. If they would have taken the body off, they would have repurposed, you know, the sheet metal. It happened. I mean, there's, you know, there's no 61 shark nose Ferrari Formula One cars left because Enzo stripped the bodies and stripped everything off of those to build the 62 era, you know, model your cars and reshaped what panels needed to be and cut them up. And it's exactly, you know, kind of exactly what you're doing there. So. Uh, I'll accept your answer. I know you were looking for my approval on that. Not really. No. <laughs> you you just keep telling yourself that. So, Will, we'll give you the freedom now. What's a uh, what's another modification you like to do right off the bat to make a car your own, your own, not a what your customers want. Well, I'll tell you, I've been this way since I was. I mean, I was driving before I was driving. To me, if if I only had two modifications that I could do to every vehicle, it's stance and wheels and tires. I mean, that's my two. So, I mean, you can, you can, there's so many different wheels out there. You can really personalize your vehicle to your taste with with wheels and 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 the tire choice has a lot to do with it too. So stance and wheels and tires, that's that's where it's at to me. Just to totally individualize your your vehicle to to your like and that's what I do. Now see Will, I, I pictured current, you as a guy that your choice would actually be one of the two would be moving the license plate on your pickup truck from the bumper and, and actually, you know, Frenching it into the tailgate on a severe angle <laughs> about a third of the way from the left side. No, no wheels into full size trucks. That is a mini truck thing. That would be the first thing I would do if I bought a, you know, say the new Ford Ranger that was just introduced. Well, we don't, we don't need to get on the mini truck, uh, <laughs> the mini truck thing is that um, is that your way of saying Derek? Shut up, John's going to talk yeah. about mini trucks. <laughs> oh, um, I wanted to go on a little bit of um, questioning you on wheels, okay? Because uh, I've got the Ford, and I'm not going to do anything to that. But I've got this Velociter in the driveway also that has kind of been left to me, and. I've kind of went through, you know, Tire Rack and a few of the, the mainstream websites going, oh, I'd like to get some wheels for it. And you say there's lots of wheels out there to personalize your vehicle. And for the Velocitor, I think, I can't remember, it's 400 choices for it maybe. They're all the same wheel. They're all a five-spoke basic design. There might be a three-spoke, there might be a six-spoke, but most of them are five spoke and just a certain change to them. And it just kind of drives me crazy. I think people should become more creative with wheels. I think there was more adventure and styles and wheels uh, 
back in the Boyd Coddington day, uh, billet wheel days and uh, KMC and things like that. There, there seemed to just be a lot more. Here I am in my late 80s and 90s era. But I just thought the wheel choices were better and more adventuresome. I mean, you had no, uh, no way. No way. Man, the wheels that are out there now, if, if I mean, Tire Rack ain't got crap. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know you wasn't finished. Oh, yeah. You're, you're kind of going down the road. I'm saying yeah. is, you, you know, you're able to do this and you're able to come up with this, the radical stuff. But to the everyday consumer, they know they can go to Tire Rack, Discount Tire Direct. Uh, maybe they go over to their tire engineers or NTB and buy stuff. But where do you go to, you know, get the cool, you know, cool stuff? I mean, I can go to Foose's website, but I, to be honest, a lot of the Foose wheels are the, excuse me, the same damn wheel, wheel after wheel after wheel. Uh, well, there, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, yes, there are a lot of wheels out there that are very, very similar. Um, but, you know, to me right now, some of the coolest wheels out there are these three-piece forged wheels. Uh, forge Line, iForge, New Tech. Um, I'm a Forge Line dealer, so I'm a big fan of Forge Line. Um, yes, they're expensive. You're, you're going to pay for them. Um, but man, they got anything from some, some throwback type wheels from, say, a Mustang that they've converted into a three-piece forged billet wheel. Um, you know, a lot of your, I mean, they, they, they actually, I think they supply wheels for some of the Porsche race teams. Um, it's a real lightweight racy looking wheel. Um, that's a ton of different designs. I think they've only got one or two that are like a five spoke looking wheel. Um, there's but a but Go you're ahead. saying, you know, they're going a, a retro design. I mean, you used to have the Porsche Fuchs wheels. You had, you know, had BBS wheels. You had, you know, all these kind of cool wheels that existed. And, and I say it, it's, I'm at a loss where, where they went. I mean, as ugly as they are and date as they are, there used to be a Viper wheel that was, a six spoke wheel, but it was two, two layers of spokes. You know, usually you had a polished layer and a, a, a painted layer and, uh, you had, uh, you know, 10 spokes around a center, but that just kind of, maybe it's something I read years ago that general motors requires all of their wheels to be designed around a five spoke pattern. And if you look at every general motors wheel, except a basic steel wheel, it you can see a five spoke wheel in it. And oh it yeah, they're kinda, either a, <laughs> kind of drives me crazy. They're either a split five spoke or just a true five spoke. I mean, you're right. There's not a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of effort put into designing wheels from General Motors. Now Dodge does a pretty good job, and Ford does a pretty. You good know job. when wheels were um, the best when they were made of wood. Yeah, when they, when were, they were made of wood, <laughs> wood. Okay. wood wheels. That's where it's at. Yeah. I, so you I was, can drive 12 miles an hour. I have gone well over 60 mile an hour on wood spoke wheels. For how long? As long as you want. Just don't turn hard to the right or the left. 
<laughs> wood wheels don't take side load. But going straight, they're perfectly fine. Depending well, on the, the, the humidity, and uh, I will agree with you. I was having a conversation with a termite the other day, and he really misses the day of the wood wheel. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's so many different wheel companies out there that that really make really hot looking wheels. Um, Shot is another company. S C H O T T. Um, man, they make some really really killer wheels. We run a lot of their wheels on a lot of our builds and they're custom backspacing wheels. So the cool thing about that is no, you can't call them and say, Hey, I need a set of wheels for my Ford fusion or my Chevrolet pickup truck. You have to give them the backspacing. Um, and then they will build the wheels to fit your vehicle. If you want less backspacing, more backspacing, they'll build them for whatever you like. Um, you know, the, one of Boyd's sons is actually still building wheels. Um, Butnick's a, a, a wheel company out there that makes some really cool stuff. Uh, ET Mags, they make a lot of kind of retro throwback Halderbrin type wheels. Um, and, and they build them custom too. So, and then the option of different finishes nowadays. Um, Cerakote has is, is gotten into the wheel market. Uh, well, Cerakote hadn't, but there's people that spray Cerakote that are that are coating wheels now. Um, you still got powder coatings. You got anodizing. You got so many different options to just individualize your wheels. Um, American Racing is owned by a company called Wheel Pros. Dude, check their website out. They got a ton of different style of wheels. Um, there's actually a wheel company in Chattanooga, Tennessee that's got some really cool looking uh, wheels called rocket racing wheels. Um, if you just go to tire rack looking for wheels, you're going to be buying what everybody else is buying. Um, granted they are probably in, in, in more people's budget than the companies that I'm talking about. Um, but to me, you know, you can take, an old 70s Chevrolet pickup truck with factory paint on it that's a little bit rough around the edges, slam it to the ground and put some high dollar wheels on it. And man, you got a damn good looking truck and something that you can drive and enjoy and drive to Walmart. And if somebody leans up against it, you're not freaking out. Um, so, you know, to right now, the choices of wheels that are out there is is far exceeds five years ago. I mean, far exceeds five years ago. I think some of that lays into the advent of CNC machining and becoming affordable affordable there. But wheel wheels and tires definitely make the biggest visual impact on a vehicle for something that we'll say only takes tw 20 lug nuts to change. I mean, you know, you can do a set of wheels in half hour after the tires are mounted and that and have the most impact on your vehicle. I don't believe there's a modification that's that simple to do that has that impact. And really the next one that's going to have that kind of impact would be vinyl wrapping or repainting the vehicle or something. And that's not a cheap undertaking or an easy undertaking. So 
I'll, I'll give you that, you know, we, wheels can make a vehicle really, really easy. But I just felt that the, the wheel market had kind of stagnated and maybe I just haven't got aggressive enough in, in looking for wheels or maybe I'm not willing to pay as much as the car costs for wheels. One or the, one See, or the this other. is the problem. I'll, I'll tell you, it's... All I got to do is go to the local Amish wheelwright and I'm set. <laughs> It's it's kind of a running joke in the in the hot rod industry right now, is you know, heck, you can have one off wheels made. You can have a set of wheels made that are for you and you only. There's companies out there that specialize in this, and but it you know we we kind of make fun of it. You know, we're going to spend you know ten grand to have a set of wheels made that are one off because we could not find a set of wheels that we that fit this car any better. We had to do this. And man, if you really get to looking at wheels, I mean, billet special between billet specialties and shot and all these custom wheel places, you know, it's just kind of a running joke because there's so many different type of custom wheels out there. And to, to not find a set to fit your car is kind of crazy. Now, granted, yes, we are building some cars with, with completely one-off wheels, um, but you know that's that's just part of it. You also get a customer that says, "Hey, I want a set of wheels that there's not another set like them in the world nowhere." And I mean, you're building the car to be that way. You might as well put the wheels on it to be that way as well. So, you know, the opportunity for wheels are are endless, endless. Well, here's the interesting thing. Even though we're arguing about where we're going to get the wheels or what they're going to look like or whose wheels suck and whose don't, I think even though we started out saying we were going to disagree on so many things, which we have disagreed on a few things, it appears that we've come to a conclusion that all three of us in some way would change the stance and tires and wheels on our vehicles as our first modifications. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going with side pipes. (laughs) I just saw a picture and I'm inspired by side pipes. If it's a mid-year Corvette side pipes. Yes, I agree. Is that a Veloster that you sent a picture of? Yes, sir. John, you got to put that on uh, on our social media, man. That that's uh, the I believe the new Velocitor, yeah, the nineteen Velocitor. Is it rear wheel drive? Uh, and that picture, you would think it is. The the new one isn't, but. That one might be. I guess I'm going to have to put this on the the uh, social medias. Hey, it's Will's but, fault. I mean, he brought it up. It's got it's <laughs> got flames. It's got side pipes. It's purple. It's got a wing on it. I mean, the only thing could make it better if it was a pink Lamborghini. I was going to say, but it does it have screams, five five screams, spoke wheels. John, drive me. White letter Goodyear's weld wheels. Hey, there's your five spoke wheels, John. I commented, yeah, they're five spoke wheels. Can't they build a lightweight wheel a with a few more spokes? 
Wait a minute. John, is that you in the background? <laughs> yeah, well, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Scary thing is, is there two of those in that picture? <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There's another one in there. Uh, that's a painting. That's That's a... Yeah, that's the backdrop. It's a like a picture of that car. Yeah, it's that or a mirror. No, because all those people are around it aren't real. They're in the photo. Anyway, our listeners have no clue what we're talking about at this point. No. Yeah, but I, f- I found that on a lot of podcasts that I listen to anymore. They like to send pictures <laughs> and then discuss pictures on these audio-only podcasts. So I just figure it might be a way to get more listenership. Maybe we're missing something. But the funny thing is, is like you were summarizing there, Derek, that we went into this and you said, this is going to be a great topic because I like it when we disagree and argue. And, I mean... You're going to lower your 1916 vehicle. I'm willing to lower my 2017 vehicle. I mean, what's 101 years and you're going to modify them the same way? I'm just not going to take the fenders off of mine. I think we'd all agree, though, that Will's still wrong. What am I wrong about? You're pretty much everything. <laughs> no, I don't. I th- I'll, I'm going to agree with Will on everything here. He's He's definitely right that... Really, the, you should lower the vehicle till you know the the fenders even with the center of the wheel. That's right. It's not farther. Yeah. And none of us discussed, you know, the 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 desirability of slapping thirty twos on our car, except maybe Derek. He said slightly bigger wheel and tire combination. Thirty twos too big. It, it's too much. I'm not. I'm not trying to build a mutter or something here. You mean you wouldn't put 32-inch wood wheels on something? Trying to remember the biggest wood wheel they made. It was the Olds Limited had a huge one. See if I can find it real quick. Because they had 40-something-inch tires. Trying to remember now. Why'd you have to ask me that question? Yeah, I was... I was trying to wonder why when we were talking 19s and 22s, Will, that Derek didn't chime in. Well, geez, that's just old school. Oh, yeah, come on. The Bugatti, the Bugatti Royales had 24-inch you know, rims on them. Come on. They were rolling on 24s. So the Olds Limited had a 42 by 4.5-inch tire. So... If we do the math on that, they had 33-inch rims. Wow. 33-inch wood-spoked wheels. And what year model is that? Uh, the Olds Limited. It ran in, uh, oh gosh, 19, 10, 11, 12, right around there. Of course, I would have closed the book right before you asked that question like a dummy. No, yeah, I think I got it right here. Dude, that's a wicked looking car. They're man. a fantastic car. 
Man, I love the way they got the two-tone around the door openings. Notice the dual running boards as well, like a set of stairs. Oh, yeah. Because they sat oh, so yeah. high in the air. Man, that, that is a massive car. Mm, it is. You should stand next to one in person. <laughs> it makes you oh, feel small. To. And that little old bitty bumper. <laughs> bumper? What do you need a bumper for? Well, this, yeah. What do you think one of them cars weigh? Uh, hang on one second. Might just be able to tell you. I like the louvers, how the angle changes on the doors. It's pretty awesome. Man, what a massive car. 30, what'd you say? 33 inch rims. Yep, tires were 42 by four and a half. They would have weighed in probably well over 3,000 pounds. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought. That's, that's lightweight. My new one's 4,100 pounds. I didn't realize it, it makes sense now, and I remember that whatever that was, the uh, derelict car that was all original that sold for ungodly money was one of those. Yes, that was an Olds Limited. Yep. Yeah, there's only, there's only a few left in existence, uh, but they're phenomenal cars. 3.3 million. Wow. Come on, that's pocket change to Big Oak Garage. <laughs> well, let, let's go ahead and wrap this up, guys. We're about 60 minutes into this, or 55 minutes or so, depending on how well I edit. Oh, come um, on, John. We were just getting started. Yeah, but people are people get tired of us after an hour, Derek. We got to let them. Maybe uh, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for the week. There, obviously, when we considered we were going to have a debate and argument, everybody agreed that we should all tin our windows, lower the vehicles, and put, lift it. Adjust the suspension on our vehicles and uh, maybe throw on a set of wheels and tires to have the, the biggest impact. And that's, and we literally discussed 101 years of cars and came to the same conclusion, other than I don't think Derek's going to tint the windows on his 1916. I don't think but, there's going to be windows. So, with that, We'll go ahead and I'm going to say good night and I'm out of here. All right. Me too. Talk to everybody next week. Adios. Bye bye.